Hey there, happy Monday to you. You're tuned in to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. I'm Nate Dickinson, your host. We have it for you every single weekday, so you can stay up to date on everything going on with the Gophers. You give us half an hour, we'll give you everything you need to know about what's going on up on campus. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Thanks to Built Bar for that and, of course, for every, everything they do that's so great with that protein stuff. We'll tell you more about Built Bar later on in the program today. Coming up on today's show, all recapping the Minnesota Gophers' big win on the gridiron to, I guess, halfway end the regular season. They'll play Wisconsin on Saturday, but... To end the scheduled regular season that they had up until that point, it was a 24-17 win. We'll talk all about it and, of course, hear what Coach Fleck had to say after the W as well. But before we get into the show today, as always, we're going to take a look at everything going on on campus right now. As we start off the week on a Monday, here's what we had happen over the weekend. A little bit before the weekend, but still worth telling you about. Minnesota Gopher Hockey is still undefeated after the first half of its season. 8-0 and as things stand. Gophers defeated Michigan on Tuesday and Wednesday of last week to wrap up the 2020 portion of the campaign. They'll have the 2021 schedule released at some point soon. Also, the Gopher women's basketball team is on tonight. They're on the road to face off against number 17 Northwestern, a big test for Lindsey Whalen and the squad. Team that's off to a tough start this season. Obviously, getting a win on the road against a ranked team would be huge. We'll let you know how that one goes on tomorrow morning's podcast here on the Locked On Golden Gopher podcast. As we mentioned, the Minnesota football team won 24-17 to on Saturday, defeating Nebraska and improving to 3-3 three and three on the season. Minnesota got a big, big win after 22 days off and without 33 players. We'll talk about it more in what P.J. Fleck said after the game, but team had four defensive tackles on the roster, two tight ends. As Fleck mentioned, his squad was pretty much a couple of offensive linemen away from being in a spot where they weren't really sure if they were going to be able to play this game. It could have been a third straight week off for Minnesota, but they got it in. And despite all of that adversity, Minnesota is able to get the win. And of course, we're going to be breaking it down in our show today, so I I won't go that much more into it right now. Also, Minnesota, as I mentioned, is playing Wisconsin in the final game of the regular season this weekend. The Badgers will host the Gophers on Saturday. It's set for a 3 p.m. Central Time start. That's local time here. I don't know where you may be listening from. But it'll be a big one, of course, for Minnesota as the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe is back on. That's a look at what's going on around Minnesota news right now. But there is one more thing I want to talk about before we get into this matchup we had on Saturday. TCF Bank is no longer TCF Bank. The naming sponsor of the stadium in which the Minnesota Gopher football team plays is merging with Ohio Bank. So it makes you wonder, of course... Well, what happens to TCF Bank Stadium? They've already announced they will be changing the name, but I don't know what to. It can't become Ohio Bank Stadium. That just doesn't make sense. You can't put an Ohio Bank Stadium in Minnesota and put a name on it where it's the state of another Big Ten team. I mean, you just can't have it. Fans would not be happy with that one. I would like to see them have some sort of like naming contest where people can submit at least their suggestions for what the name could be. Uh, Of course, I believe that Ohio Bank will have some sort of say if they do plan on continuing their sponsorship of the stadium. But again, 
No idea what it is yet. I just hope it's not Ohio Bank. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think the name could be as well. You can hit us up on Twitter, by the way, at LO Golden Gophers. And our email as well, I can't remember at the moment, so I won't say it at the moment, but I, I will figure it out, and uh, maybe tomorrow I'll let you know that email. If you have any questions about anything, want us to talk about something, again, at LO Golden Gophers on Twitter. DMs are open. Just add us as well, too. We'll be sure to get your questions on the air if you have anything for us here. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to be getting into everything going on with the Golden Gophers and the Cornhuskers from Saturday, but before we do... Maybe those two tight ends who are playing or four defensive tackles or limited offensive line could use a chance to chill out after getting a whole lot of work on Saturday afternoon. And if they do, I suggest that they turn to Coors Light. These days, everything's so go, go, go. It seems like nonstop hustle all the time, especially during this holiday season when there's so much gift buying to do and all that stuff. With work, friends, family, it seems like there's an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to hit reset. And when you do, Coors Light is the beer to go to. It's the one that's made to chill. Literally, cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Literally, made to chill as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We'll be back in just a minute right here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast with a breakdown of Saturday's 24-17 win over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Got the Gophers back to 500. Probably got them in a little bit better position for whatever bowl game Minnesota might play in in December. And, of course, we'll break down all of it in just a minute right here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson, back with you in a moment. Welcome back to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson with you. You're tuned in here every weekday. We get you an update on everything going on with the Minnesota Gophers. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we've got our Media Monday recap. P.J. Fleck will be back at the podium answering questions after he's gotten the chance to pour over the film from on Saturday. Reporters have had a chance to refine what they think were the takeaways from the weekend and ask the tough questions too. And we'll have a recap of what P.J. and the players have to say today, tomorrow morning here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. You won't want to miss it. We'll have all sorts of other good stuff going on tomorrow, of course, as well. While we get into this recap of the Gopher football game on Saturday, a 24-17 win over Nebraska, a good, good win for Minnesota without 33 players. Gophers went down to Nebraska and picked up a win over the Cornhuskers. And this game was something that I thought was going to be a loss just because of how many players the Gophers didn't have. Only real array of hope that I had was knowing that Nebraska had lost to Illinois before, and Minnesota beat up on Illinois pretty bad, so I thought the Gophers had a chance, and, and they proved me right by going out there and getting this win again. Down 30-plus players. As PJ said, he had two tight ends, four defensive tackles on the roster. He was an offensive lineman out away from this game possibly not being able to be played. So it was grim for the Gophers on the sidelines, but they got the job done. That's what matters most. I want to start by just going on over my things that I wanted to go over in the game. I, I take my notes as I'm watching. First thing I wrote down was that the team got the breaks on defense that it needed. This was right at the beginning, one of those first plays it was on defense. Gophers get that INT, get the turnover that they needed, and that's one of those things that I kind of mentioned last week talking about how, hey, 
this defense still may not be all that good. It still is really, really inexperienced. And if the Gophers are going to be good on defense with those guys out there, it's going to be turnovers that does it. I mean, Minnesota is not a great defensive team. And Nebraska had only scored less points than 17, what they put up Saturday once before, when Northwestern held them to 13. So that's a testament to just how good this Gopher defense looked yesterday. And again, it got the plays in the uh, strip sack in the third quarter and the interception in the first quarter that helped it win the turnover battle and in turn helped it win the game. A second thing I noted, the run game looked really good. It it always does. It always has this season. Mo Ibrahim is the kind of running back that's going to make your offensive line look good. It's going to make your blocking look good. Finished with 108 yards on 20 carries. That's 5.4 yards per carry and a pair of touchdowns to his name as well. If you were watching, you saw he did get tweaked a little bit. Ended up sliding along the end of the turf and hit into a wall on one of his touchdown runs. But he, he seemed to be okay. He was back out there by the end of the game, of course. And... While it looked like he may have tweaked something up there, it does not seem like it's anything serious or anything that would have any danger of holding him out against Wisconsin. Now again, maybe they get him looked at once they get back to Minnesota and it turns out something did happen and he is going to miss time, but it's not something I would be worried about, especially given that he came right back into the game a little bit later. I don't think it's anything Gopher fans are worried about right now. It wasn't anything that seemed all that ugly when it happened. The contact didn't seem too major. I mean, it obviously doesn't feel good sliding across that concrete and running into a wall, but I'm not worried about Mo Ibrahim. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Next note, Minnesota got some help from some bad Nebraska passes. Yes, this was something that I noted while I was watching the game on Twitter. Again, give us a follow at LO Golden Gophers. I was live tweeting throughout, and you can get updates on my takes during the game through our Twitter account. But there were, I counted at halftime, I think three different passes that either Adrian Martinez or Luke McCaffrey, who did get some time out there through, that were just, I mean, they weren't anywhere near their guys. They were just bad passes, overthrows or underthrows. And a couple of them I counted would have put Nebraska either in scoring position or in the end zone. I do think Minnesota got a lot of help because Nebraska's passing game was not great. I mean, this is a team that likes to run the ball a lot, With their quarterbacks, they're not a huge, huge passing team. But I expected to see a little bit better out of Adrian Martinez in that game. He had a couple of throws that were just wild. And I do think it took some points off the board for Nebraska. Maybe even enough to uh, have won them this game. I don't know, though. Uh, Chris Altman-Bell. He was playing his first game without Rashad Bateman opposite him. And as, I guess, he would be the new number one kind of guy. He finishes with five receptions, 82 yards. Leads all receivers, doesn't score a touchdown. The only touchdown of the day went to Brevin Span Ford through the air. But he did a pretty good job, I thought. There were drops. There were drops that happened throughout the game that made you think uh, Rashad Bateman might have been able to catch that. And P.J. Fleck mentioned that in the postgame presser that we'll get to in a minute. But really, I was happy with what Outman Bell did. I was happy with what the passing game as a whole did. The drops were the only concern. Tanner Morgan finished 17 of 30 with 181 yards and a touchdown. If you add the drops in, there were four drops. He would have been 21 of 30, which makes his percentage look a whole lot better. Right now it's at 56%. But I thought the passing game looked pretty good without its number one guy out there. And I do think that matters going into this Wisconsin game this weekend too. Uh, I mentioned I didn't love a lot of the play calling in the third quarter. I, I don't remember exactly which plays these were in reference to. I did write down... Team ran the ball inside on a third and five that I thought should have been a passing play. 
there, there were just times in that sequence in that third and fourth quarter where it seemed like the Gophers were uh I don't I don't know if I'd call it playing not to lose instead of playing to win. I don't think it was exactly that, but I do think the play calling was a little bit more conservative than it maybe should have been. And maybe that has something to do with what was going on with everybody out again. You're limited on the offensive line. You don't know how good a protection you're going to get. You're limited with tight ends even though a tight end did catch a touchdown. The team did only have two tight ends. So as far as blocking and protection goes, maybe the team was just that much more comfortable with the run blocking and run protection than the passing. And obviously, Mo Ibrahim has the ability to, you know, do whatever he wants on the field, no matter what the blocking is. But there were a couple of plays where I felt like the Gophers just weren't being as aggressive as they could have been. And I really do feel like maybe they could have closed this game out just a little bit earlier. I, I don't know if it plays out that much differently than it did. But I was thinking a couple of times in that third and fourth quarter, like, man, I I wish they'd just kind of go for it a little bit more here. Just something that I noted. Uh, Mo Ibrahim, great play not to go in at the end of the game. Um, He had the big run where he could have scored a touchdown, ended up not, went down. Team goes into victory formation and the Gophers win. I mean, that's something that you have to have just the know-how to be able to do, and it's hard to not go into the end zone when you're a guy who has as many touchdowns as Ibrahim does this season and is starting to look at some record books, but he ends up going down, team stays inbounds, and they just run the clock out. I mean, yeah, if he scores that touchdown, Gophers are up by 14 points, and it's unlikely Nebraska comes back, but, I mean, they score quick touchdown, onside kick, another quick touchdown, and all of a sudden we're tied up. I mean, it's not likely that happens, but it was a possibility, and by Mo Ibrahim going down on that run, he brings that possibility down to zero. So great, really smart play by him. Uh, overall, I just wrote at the end, the Gophers were just a better team in this game. No other reason than that that they won it. They just beat Nebraska on that playing field. This team had 33 players out on Saturday afternoon. That's a game that the other team should be able to win, right? They didn't. The Gophers pulled it out, and I do think it showed a lot of grit out of this team. A lot of grit and moxie toughness. I don't know whatever you want to call it, but... I do think this team showed that it can beat those kind of teams in this situation. I think it showed a kind of confidence that maybe the team was lacking. And especially coming out of a break like that, having not played in 22 days, being able to get that win and to get back on track that way, I think matters a lot. And I think it brings a lot of momentum into a Wisconsin game coming up this Saturday. A couple other notes I noted just in after the game, looking over stuff. I thought the run defense was pretty good for Minnesota. They did give up 197 yards on the ground, but the team really avoided giving up those kind of back-breaking plays in the run game. I thought they did a much better job of setting the edge on the outside than what we had seen in previous weeks for Minnesota. I'm sure that's something that Fleck was going over when he was able to get back in with his team. But I thought the run defense as a whole was really, really good, and uh, it Got the big plays, the defense in general, as I mentioned. Got the INT, got that strip sack in the third quarter. It made the big plays it needed to to make sure this offense had enough to win the game. And the Gophers only give up 17 points. I mean, it was a good performance from that defense as a whole. Offense, obviously Tanner Morgan can always be better. 56% isn't great. The drops kind of hurt him there. But overall, I was pretty happy with what I saw with everything this team did especially with such a limited staff that it was working with, without so many players. I was really, really satisfied. 
Well, after our break, we'll get into what P.J. Fleck had to say about the matchup against Nebraska on Saturday. Of course, going into this week, he'll be talking all about Wisconsin as the Gophers get ready to paddle for Paul Bunyan's axe on Saturday afternoon. We'll be talking about that later this week, too. But in a minute, we've got a little bit more from Coach Fleck. While those Gopher football players are out there getting ready for a big rivalry game this weekend, they may need that extra boost of energy. And if you ever need that extra boost, too, Built Bar is the place to go. It's the best-tasting protein bar out there. There's all sorts of ways you can get your protein. Built Bar gets that. Whether it's a powder or a milkshake or an energy bar like what Built Bar will provide you, there really are all sorts of options out there. But none of them taste quite as good as Built Bar does. That's the difference. That's the difference to me, at least. They've got all sorts of great uh, options for flavors like Cherry Bar Sia, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, as well as original flavors like Orange uh, Double Chocolate, Mint Brownie, Raspberry. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. None of this like grainy granola stuff that gets stuck in your teeth. And Built Bar is healthy, too. It'll give you the protein you need to get up and get that workout in, get to work and get through the day or whatever else. It's low calories, under 200 calories per bar, and we're talking 4 or 5 grams of sugar and net carbs. This is really, really healthy stuff. And right now, Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch as well. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. After we come back, we're breaking down what PJ had to say in the post-game presser on Saturday. Nate Dickinson with the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. It's the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Nate Dickinson with you here. You're listening in as we give you every single weekday a wraparound of what's going on in Minnesota sports. We're wrapping things up here with our breakdown of the game between Minnesota and Nebraska over the weekend with a quick breakdown of everything that went down in the post-game presser from P.J. Fleck. What did Coach have to say about the win and, of course, all the challenges his team faced in getting back to the football field again? But first, if you're an NBA fan, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week. Seems crazy that the NBA is already back. Plus, you can get waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning into the preview of Locked On Timberwolves when it comes out this week. You should subscribe to their podcast too. Again, subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts and tune in this week for a preview of the NBA season starting up in just over a week from today. Well, let's get into what P.J. had to say about what happened against Nebraska. Again, Minnesota picks up a 24-17 win on Saturday. P.J. started off by talking just kind of about the difficulties this team faced in getting back to the season in his opening remarks. And in that opener also, just thanked the medical team, gave credit to Nebraska and the game that they played. And then he kind of just really nailed down how hard this was for this team. Uh, The team hadn't played in 22 days. It had only four defensive tackles, two tight ends on the roster. P.J. mentioned how if there had been one less offensive lineman to bring to this game, there's a good chance it may not have happened in the same way that the other two games the last two weeks didn't. So I feel like people aren't realizing exactly how close this game was to not happening. I mean, every other Big Big Ten team, when they went out, lost two weeks and then were able to come back. Minnesota was pretty close, it seems like, to not being able to get that. Uh, Aside from that, the only other thing he mentioned was, again, thanking the medical team and everybody else. And 
I also wondered a little bit, I wish somebody had asked, you know, how much does that set him back not playing in 22 days? Because, like, I'd be interested to learn, at the beginning of the season, people are always talking about, well, you need a couple of games to get into the swing of things. These guys haven't taken a hit in a while. It's different. And I would wish that somebody would have asked PJ, you know, how far did that set that team back? How close was it to being, like, the start of a regular season again? in this game against Nebraska. Nobody asked that question, but it's something I'd be interested to learn a little bit more about. Uh, Other things he mentioned, he was asked about the passing game. This was the first game of the year without Rashad Bateman out on the field. And I talked a little bit about the passing game last last segment. I thought it went fine. Flex said the same thing. He said it was windy. He didn't have his guys being able to throw the ball, Tanner Morgan, as well as he would have liked. There were drops in there. He mentioned the drops, four drops for the wide receivers. He acknowledged that that was something that happened, but said he wasn't really expecting it to be a problem going forward. Said overall he was happy with the guy's performance, and I was too. He also mentioned when talking about just this break how hard this has been on this team. He brought up how if you're not one of the guys in the locker rooms of either a college football or a college basketball team, You really have no idea how difficult it is to go through all of this, to have to go into quarantine and have to have it where you're just in your room all day and only able to really go see your teammates. And then if something were to happen, it's all about, oh, well, what did this guy do? What was this guy doing wrong? And he said his guys feel that weight on them. And I do feel for the team in that regard. It's a really tough situation. These guys want to be playing football. Everyone wants them to be playing football. And when they're not playing football, and when the Gophers weren't playing football over the last two weeks, there I'm sure were a lot of questions that were brought up both online and in media just about what went wrong with this team, who messed up. And that's not always the case. It's not always that somebody messed up. And I think the players really are feeling that kind of pressure to be able to stay on the field and be able to get back to football. Gophers did, and good for them. So I feel for them for that. PJ also mentioned he said this was his hardest year as a head coach so far. And he brought up, hey, I've had a season where I went 1-11. And this is no doubt the hardest that I've had to have it going through the course of a season. I feel like it's that way for a lot of people. I feel like there's a lot of coaches like P.J. Fleck who are sitting right now, getting ready to go into this last game, and wondering what could have been this year had it been a normal season. What would have been able to be different? And a lot of fans are thinking the same thing. Would Minnesota have been able to get off to a hotter start if they were playing a regular 2020 season? Would the Gophers have been able to compete for that Big Ten West title? I don't know. My gut says no, but it is one of those questions that you just have in the back of your head, and I'm sure it nags at PJ all the time. What could have been this season if I had my guys doing everything I normally would have them be doing? I don't know. Just something to think about. That's real quick, but it was just a couple of things I noted from what PJ had to say post-game Saturday. Hey, coming up tomorrow, we're going to break down everything PJ said today in his press conference in front of the media after the weekend and him being able to go over the game film. We'll get his takes on the matchup with Nebraska, and of course, I'm sure he'll have some words to say about the upcoming game with Wisconsin for the Axe as well. That's all coming up on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. We got Gopher news for you every single weekday here on the Locked On Golden Gophers pod. Until tomorrow, Nate Dickinson, row the boat, Sky Uma, go Gophers.